You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I hope you're enjoying your holiday season so far. Today, we wanted to talk about a topic that I think is actually pretty universal for most of us, and that is when you feel overworked and underappreciated. And whether that's, you know, your job or the career that you have, whether that's in your marriage or with your family, or, you know, maybe you're volunteering somewhere and you feel like you're never appreciated. I think this is a topic that we can all kind of relate to at some point or another, and Mm -hmm. it can cause a lot of stress in our lives. So this episode topic kind of came about when I was having a bit of an embarrassing moment one night. And I'm sad to admit it, but I'm hoping that someone can relate to it and that it'll help them. So one night, I want to say this was probably like two and a half years ago or so. We were in our old house and I remember I was uh, was late at night and I was sitting on our bed and I was just kind of like reading before bed. I think Jeff was kind of like getting ready for bed and stuff. And I was reading out of this very large book, Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) if you can see. And um, I was reading um, one of the stories in there, just enjoying myself, having a good time. And I remember uh, Jeff all of a sudden kind of shared an email with me that we had just got. And it was basically, to sum it up, was something like, hey, we need you to do this. And it kind of felt like a bit of a weird thing to ask for. Not weird, like that sounds weird, but like kind of like we had just done a lot And it felt a bit like more was being asked of us and just kind of expected. And it felt like above and beyond. And I really just felt in that moment really overworked and very underappreciated. And I feel like that's something that a lot of us can relate to. But in that moment, I just, I kind of had, you know, I just kind of gave in to how I felt and I just kind of started complaining. And I was like, what? I put my book down, right? And I was like, this is so unfair. We do so much, blah, 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 me, 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 right? Like I just started complaining and I felt like everything I said was true to a degree, but it was so like self-focused. It was so focused on me. And I felt so justified in that moment to complain. Then I'm reading my book. And to give you a little context, because I know most of you probably haven't read this story, it's called The Horse and His Boy, and it's the third book in the Chronicles of Narnia. And basically what you need to know is Shasta, the main character, he um, is basically on this quest, this journey to cross, go across the country and warn the Narnians about an attack that is coming. There's a great war going on, and he's been tasked with this very, very important thing to go warn them and he's been doing so much so much for everyone and no one is thanking him right and so anyway he's with um this girl and then he has their horses and they arrive at this place with this old man and they're exhausted and the horses are exhausted and the girl is injured and they get there and this is what the old man says he looks at him and goes and now my son waste no time on questions but obey this damsel is wounded your horses are spent Rabidash is at this moment finding a ford over the winding arrow. If you run now without a moment's rest, you will still be in time to warn King Loon. And when I read that, that's when Jeff told me about the email. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I am Shasta. This is so unfair, right? Like, exactly. This is exactly how I feel. Just overworked, 
underappreciated. No one wants to think about, oh, do I need a rest? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, no, go. If you go, I like how he says, without a moment's rest, <laughs> specifying that you must not take a rest. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I just felt like this is me. Exactly, God. I feel justified in how I feel. And so Jeff reads me this email. I have my own little pity party and I complain for about 20 minutes. And I kid you not, (laughs) this is so God, right? Like, I kid you not. I go, ah, fine, whatever. You know, of course we'll do it. And then I pick up my book (laughs) and I'm like, not even joking. These are the next words I read. Shasta's heart fainted at these words for he felt he had no strength left. And he writhed inside at what seemed the cruelty and unfairness of the demand. Hmm. He had not yet learned that if you do one good deed, your reward is usually to be set to do another and harder and better one. Mm -hmm. But all he said out loud was, where's the king? And when I read that, I had to set my book down. And I just was like, God, I'm so sorry. Like, I just fell apart. Like, oh my goodness. Like, the veil was pulled up on my little bubble of a life. And the supernatural was once again made known to me of, mm-hmm. this is why stories are so important. Yeah, These stories help us see the bigger picture of what's going on in our life. And in that moment, I realized, what kind of a person do I wanna be? The heroes we love in the stories that we love are heroes not because when you find them, they're perfect and they do all the right things. They're usually quite messed up when we find them. But when they're given difficult tasks and they're treated unfairly and they're underappreciated and more is required of them, they choose to do the harder and bigger and better thing. And in that moment, I realized, what kind of a person do I want to be? And I realized that in that moment, I had a choice. And Mm -hmm. even though I feel like I failed in that moment and I gave into my flesh and I complained, in that moment, God in his grace and in his love showed me through this wonderful book (laughs) exactly what I looked like. And not to make me feel bad, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't convict us of of how bad we are. He convicts us of our righteousness. Mm -hmm. And he goes, look, this is who you are. This is who I created you to be. Do you want to go on this adventure with me? Because this is what I need of you. And then it's an invitation. And it's an invitation for us to rise up and to go after it. So in this episode, we want to talk about that choice in these moments when it feels unfair and it feels like we're not appreciated and it feels like more is required of us. What kind of a person are we choosing to become? Yeah, and what I notice is that it's not as if they didn't, Shasta, is that the name? Shasta. Shasta. (laughs) It's not that they didn't notice that it was unfair. It's not that they didn't notice that this was a lot and I'm tired, Um, but it was the response, you know? Yes. And I think at the end of the day, we've all been there. I feel like I've been there before. (laughs) Like I was there very recently, actually, (laughs) where it was the same kind of an email that came through. And it was just like, I don't feel like I'm noticed for the good. Mm. And as I was talking, I could feel that, you know, it was like two different things because I, the complaining felt good. But (laughs) as the words were coming out of my mouth, it also felt like this is just not good. Like what I'm saying is not benefiting me at all. Mm -hmm. And even though no one was talking to me, Brian was helping me through it. But at the same time, I felt like the Holy Spirit, as I was complaining, was like, does this feel right? And it's like, nope. And by the end of it, I just sat there and I was like, nope. I'm doing this for God. Like, this is not 
you know, I'm not going to always get credit. That's not what this is about. And it's like the Holy Spirit was moving through me as I was complaining. And so God is so good like that. I mean, you know, um, and I noticed for myself, one thing that makes me feel underappreciated is when I don't feel like I'm getting much feedback, like Mm -hmm. verbal feedback from people, or I'm not getting a lot of affirmation on what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think the main reason for that is because my love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so it actually motivates me when I get feedback from people and they're like, hey, you know, you're doing a good job at this. And even if it was kind of like an unfair situation where they asked me to do it last minute, if Mm -hmm. I hear from them at the end of it, it's like, Hey, I know this is last minute, but you manage your time really well. That will give me the motivation. Mm-hmm. And it like makes me not really care the fact that I was last minute because I just mm-hmm. get so much motivation from getting that affirmation from people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we all really enjoy that. Uh, To be honest, I don't know what my love language is. (laughs) I'm one of those people who I take it and it's like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say I definitely respond very well to that as well. Mm -hmm. And I think the danger can be when we're not getting that, you know, and a lot of times, because the thing is, you're never going to get it as much as you think you need it, right? It's like no one's ever going to fulfill you that much, especially a boss, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so I think kind of um, realizing like, okay, when I'm not getting that, you know, how can I kind of handle that and make sure that I don't crumble? Because I think for me, what happens if I'm not getting that kind of affirmation, it's easy to start looking at your boss or your supervisor or whoever it is that's not giving you the affirmation that you're hoping to have it start easy to judge why, right? Like, oh, they're disappointed in me. They're mm-hmm. disappointed in my work. Or they are not a very nice person and they're not a very good boss. And it's like so easy to start thinking of ways to create the kind of person that they are. And maybe they aren't even that person Exactly. At all. Like that. And I like that you said specifically in work because mm-hmm. in your job, like, you know, your spouse, they should be giving you some feedback right. and like, Those you know, conversations should happen. You. Yeah. And in your job too. Yes. Yeah. But like people at work are busy. They're in their own world. They, they're trying to get stuff done too. So you have to keep in mind, like they're just trying to do stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed it with work that I feel like when I'm doing stuff right, I'm not getting a lot of feedback, mm-hmm. but when something goes wrong or something someone realized something's getting missed or they're needing, <laughs> they're needing something. That's when I hear the feedback. But I yeah. think that's just the natural way about jobs a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is this verse, and I found this very interesting. It's Luke 17, 11 through 19. And it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in loud voices, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And this part's the interesting part. It says, Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And there's probably many ways that you can think about this first, but I thought it was really interesting, you know, that Jesus, who isn't dependent on praise, like, you know, he doesn't have like flesh that's getting in the way of his sinlessness, but he was still wondering, you know, like 
all 10 people were healed, but only nine came back to give praise to God. And you know, we're not, we're not God. We, we shouldn't <laughs> expect for people to be giving us praise and giving us blessing. But even Jesus was like, you know, where are the other people? And so it is important for us to think about if there's someone in our life who we feel like is doing a lot of the stuff and we're just not noticing it just to kind of take that time to remember, oh, like just give them recognition or, you know, notice that if you're feeling that desire in yourself, it might not necessarily be wrong that you're wanting that, that feedback from people, just not letting it get to a point where it's like, you know, I don't want to do anything unless I'm getting feedback. Right. Or like always feeling like insecure and needing that next compliment from somebody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because it will never be enough. No. You know, if, if you're someone who absolutely needs that in order to do a good job and keep your heart right, mm-hmm. it will never be enough because people, like you said, they're busy. And then yeah. sometimes, you know, you might not have a great boss. I mean, at the moment, yeah. I will say I have great bosses, you know, we yeah. both work for the same place. And so yeah. it's amazing, but I've worked many jobs in my life and I've had great bosses and I've had not great bosses, mm-hmm. but you know, my future and what was being built inside of me and the possibilities that God could do with me was based on my reaction to my bosses, not whether or not my bosses treated me correctly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what's really important to remember too, is that, you know, we're all responsible for ourselves. And if you're wanting God to be able to take you to that next level and that next level, you know, and open up more doors and have more influence and do more things for his kingdom, then we need to look at how we're handling the people in our life now. And that includes the people that are over us, you know, the people who maybe even like should know better, right? Because they don't always act the way that they should. And it's always up to us how we respond to people and how we respond to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of that verse, um, in Colossians three twenty three, it says, whatever you do, work at it with your whole being for the Lord and not for man. And at the end of the day, we've kind of said this, but you know, your boss, no matter how much feedback they give you or your spouse or your family or your friends, you know, like it's never going to be enough if that's what we're dependent on. And I like this because I feel like, you know, God, this verse is obviously telling us all good things come from God. So that's who we should give the credit to. And that's who we should be working for and, you know, be wanting to bless him and bless his name is because he has given us all good things. But I also feel like maybe this verse is trying to tell us, like, do not depend on man. You know, it's trying to keep us safe from getting into that zone where we're working for man instead of for him. So there's this verse, Galatians 6, 9, and it says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I know it's really easy for us to fall into this need of, you know, wanting to get credit for the work that we do, you know, and wanting to get the rewards from people, whether that's verbal or, you know, any, any kind of way that you feel like you're appreciated, you want to get that feedback from people. But as we've been saying, it just won't be enough because, you know, that needs to be coming from God. And we need to kind of build up that character to be able to not rely on that in life. And I think about the people who do work really hard and don't get recognition for it. And there's something so admirable about those people. 
And I actually think about my dad because my dad's a really hard worker and he does a lot of projects, you know, for people. He's He always fixes stuff at my house when he's there and he doesn't expect, you know, he doesn't expect something from me in return, but he just likes doing stuff for people. And it's quite kind of that like quiet thing that you just do and you don't expect a lot in return. And that's something so admirable. Well, I just thought that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. There's a difference between attention and respect. But it can be hard when you see someone that you feel like just wants attention, kind of getting a promotion or getting the attention that you know that they're craving. And I think that's what's important to realize when we're searching for that, when we're looking for that appreciation, it's important that we don't chase after the attention, but that we're actually looking to become a person that people can respect. And like you said, like your dad, like, he clearly isn't looking for a lot of attention, but you respect him greatly. Mm-hmm. And I know the same goes for me. There's a lot of people who I think get a lot of attention, but I don't really have much respect for them. But then there's the people who I have so much respect for and they don't need attention. It's yeah. like, what is that really famous quote that everyone was quoting in Walter Mitty? Beautiful things don't ask for attention, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. What was funny is everyone was like posting pictures of themselves and putting that quote. And it's like, isn't that kind of defeat the purpose? <laughs> And it was so funny because it just was so amazing and and wonderful to see. But, um, but, But I mean, it is true. And I think a lot of times when we're faced with these situations, um, it's kind of a test of our character. You know, when you feel overworked and you feel underappreciated, what are you going to do? Are you going to chase after the attention that your flesh is really wanting right now? Or are you going to choose to become a person that others will look up to and respect, even though you may not realize that they do? Mm Mm-hmm. And we were talking about earlier of, you know, people only really coming to you when there's problems. And I think, honestly, if you're noticing that there's not a lot of feedback coming to you, it's probably because you're doing a good job. And like yeah, the closer <laughs> the closer we get to people, the easier it is to stop getting as much feedback because we're so used to them just coming through for us. Absolutely. And so honestly, it's kind of a good sign. It's like, that's true. If you become dependable, <laughs> you won't hear a lot of like negative people, stuff. And people will take advantage of you, not in a bad way, but just yeah. in a, oh, I just expect them to come through. Yeah. And even though you feel maybe a little taken advantage of, like, oh, I don't get the appreciation, you what you're doing is you're building a reputation. Mm-hmm. And it's that's so true. so much more valuable yeah. than a compliment or an affirmation or a good job, kiddo, this person did this great. That feels good in the moment, but building a solid reputation, especially with leaders, is so valuable. It will carry you through into your future. It will open up doors for you that you have you don't have the ability to open. But yeah. it's it's the long road, right? It's mm-hmm. the it's the everyday little seeds that you plant that take a long time to grow. But it's so worth it. Yeah. And it's like, if someone like that, that's been very, um, faithful in their work or in their marriage, they approach that person. They're like, you know, I just feel like I don't get enough feedback. It's like the person would probably be like, Oh, well that's just because you were so dependable. And you never seemed like you needed all this attention. You never seemed like you needed all of this. (laughs) This helps this motivation from me to keep you going. And it's like, that's a good place to be when you, when people realize you're not so emotionably fragile, right? Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Being emotionally, was it, uh, 
thick, thick skin. Having yes, some thick skin exactly. is going to take you very far. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One scripture that I think speaks to this really well is Luke 16, 10 through 12. And that is, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And I really like the way the New Living Translation puts that because especially when we're thinking about our jobs, 99% of us are probably working for someone else. Right. And so you're stewarding someone else's vision Mm. and it can be hard sometimes to feel a sense of purpose behind that because, oh, it's not my vision. It's not how I would do it. But what this verse is saying is if you don't know how to handle someone else's things, whether that's, you know, a, a job or a career, or if you're, you know, a nanny and you're stewarding someone else's kids or mm-hmm. your teacher or, you know, whatever it is, if you don't know how to work for someone else and steward that well, it has a direct impact on what God is able to trust you with in the future. And it's not a punishment. I think sometimes we read that and go, oh, if I don't have the right attitude, God's going to punish me and not give me things. And it's like, no, that's not really the heart behind the verse because there is a great war going on in this world, right? Like mm-hmm. there is an enemy who is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can destroy you, he will. And what happens is if if you can't be faithful with someone else's things, if you can't be faithful in the small, then if God were to give you everything that he's wanting to give you and give you the influence and ability and responsibility and exposure that he's wanting to give you, you know what that invites into your life? You have to be so strong and you have to be so solid and you have to know how to handle difficult people, difficult situations. And if you don't know how to handle a difficult boss... Like you're not going to know how to handle these other things. And so it's building character, become a strong person on the inside. And when we do that, we will be able to move into future chapters of our story where we can actually handle the more difficult situations that are inevitably going to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I like that you said that it's not a punishment from God and we shouldn't think about it as like a boss who's punishing us. Right. (laughs) We can think about it as a father because you know, I don't have kids, but I know that as parents, they do the same thing with their children. Like probably from movie examples or maybe me growing up, but it's like parents will let you drive their car, maybe this to this place that's like 10 minutes away. And then maybe to this place. And if you wreck their car, they're like, okay, let's pull it back. Okay, we're done for a while. (laughs) We're done for a while. (laughs) We don't trust you with this much power. And it's not because they hate their kid, but they they're they're watching out for them you know they want to make sure that they can handle what they've been given and then there's a lot in the bible that talks about god you know rewarding us at the end of it all you know like in eternity giving rewards to people and what they've done each person to what they've done either good or bad mm-hmm. and i think like the main the main focus is just realizing that god sees it all um, one of the names for God is Elroy. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Elroy, maybe. And it's the God who sees. Like, mm-hmm. He sees everything that you do, you know? And He sees what you're capable of in the moment. He sees the good things that you've done, the little and the small. Um, and so just realize that even if you're not getting that feedback from people in your life that you're wanting, 
God is going to see everything and you will be rewarded in one way or another for that. Yeah, I think these are all just like such really good points about how really at the end of the day to become the kind of person who doesn't need so much affirmation and doesn't need to have these things in order to do a good job, in order to be at peace, in order to have joy, Mm -hmm. because nobody is meant to give us that other than Jesus. And at at some point, people are going to let us down and we have to be stronger than that and be people who work from kind of like this inner core of like a reason that's deeper than how people treat us. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, we can do all of these things that we've talked about and then we kind of get to the point where things are just still not working maybe there's a lack of peace there and I think sometimes there's maybe some other questions to consider if we get to that point yeah exactly if you start feeling like you're doing everything you can you know that your character is in the right place and your heart's in the right place and you still feel like stuff just doesn't feel right it's not working right and you pray about it that's like a good time to ask the Holy Spirit you know it is it not feeling right because you are wanting something more at this time? You're wanting something different from my life at this time. And it does, this is kind of when you're dealing with a negative situation and God's trying to pull you out of it. But also on the other side of the coin, kind of just having, being able to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because when I was in Florida and I met Brian, Brian was living in Colorado. And when our relationship got to a more serious point and he had told me so many times like I'm not wanting I'm not gonna leave Colorado you know like (laughs) he like you know lay down the law yeah (laughs) I think he had just he didn't like you know the weather he didn't like the crowds like the positive thing for him was that our family like my family was there his family was there but he had just fallen in love with Colorado I mean and that's where his job was Mm -hmm. and so it was just at that point where I realized there's going to need to be a decision made here soon. And we were dating long distance for like two and a half years. And there was a lot in Florida for me. There was my family. There was like my school. I mean, I was still in school when I met Brian and I was going towards, um, like a psychology degree for counseling, everything that I loved and I was familiar with, like my grocery stores, Publix, Publix, like all the things that you know, I felt comfortable in and that I loved in my, my room that I grew up in or all in Florida. But I knew that like I had met somebody who felt like the most right person I could be with. And it was just like, I had to take that time to not try to rush any decisions or make any decisions on my own, because I honestly don't think I could have made that decision on my own. I had to know and be certain that it was from God that, Hey, like, you know, I want this for you, even though you don't see what's going to happen, even though you don't have a job lined up, even though you're going to be farther from your family. Like the more I pray about it, the more I felt peace about that decision. And I felt so much comfort whenever I'd come to Colorado. And I actually fell in love with it too here, you know? And so, and it was the one of the best decisions I've made because now I work in Colorado for a ministry that like changed my life. You know, I've met great people here, like so much that I would not have ever seen has changed. And, you know, it, it's hard, but because I missed the things in Florida, I miss my family, but I knew it was right because it was God. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to make sure that you're kind of listening to the Holy Spirit, whether it's something that you're comfortable in or something that's more negative, like a job where it just doesn't feel right. You just need to make sure that you listen to the Holy Spirit when you're trying to make those decisions. 
Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of times God can maybe start giving you what's called like a holy dissatisfaction Mm. with where you are, whether it's your job or maybe just a season of life that you're in, a location or whatever it may be. And I think, you know, it's probably best not to jump to that conclusion at first. Like, oh, I'm not satisfied. It's like, well, Must be God. (laughs) Must be God. But a lot of times when we're dealing with this feeling of not being appreciated, it could be, there's a chance that, like you said, it could be not that you're not being appreciated, but that there's no longer that sense of fulfillment. There's no longer that sense of peace in the place that you're at. And so, yeah, God is maybe maybe trying to send you on a journey or take you down this new path. And in order to do that, he needs to stir up some holy dissatisfaction with where you're at. And so it is so important not to discount that and not to discredit it. If that's still kind of being stirred up in your heart and you're not just sitting around, you know, judging other people and thinking about how much of a victim you are. Mm -hmm. It's like, of course you're going to be dissatisfied if you're doing that. But if if you're keeping your heart right and you're pursuing God, then I, and you're still feeling that way, then I think that's a really good thing to start asking God about because I know a lot of times that's how he's led me. I've just had a dissatisfaction with where I was and then something came along and it just felt right. Yeah. And I, and I felt right about it. And then, I mean, that's what happened when I moved to Russia. I had so much peace about it and I did it. And then I thought I was going to go back. And the next year I just did not have any peace about it and I couldn't explain it. You know, I no longer had that satisfaction with going back, even though I wanted to. And it turns out that that was the perfect timing because things started happening in Russia. And so you never know what God is leading you to do. You never know when he's going to, you know, maybe start sending you down a new path. And so, like you said, it's just so important to stay in tune with him, to, to be a person of strength, you know, who doesn't cave in to what other, how people treat her. But then at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you stay in tune to the Holy Spirit to make sure that, you know, the stirrings in your heart, they may be coming from him. Yeah, definitely. Because if I didn't listen to that voice, I think that would have, and not just in that situation, but in other situations, the reason I had to move out or he was pushing me out is because if I didn't move out of that space, I wouldn't been able to grow, you Mm -hmm. know, and like God has a purpose for us to not just like the big picture purpose in our life, but also just the little day to day things and like the people that we're supposed to meet and the the ways that we're supposed to touch their lives. And so it really is important to listen to that voice because, you know, we could miss those moments and God can always get us back on track. It's not a big thing where you have one right thing and you have to get right. to that because that's really <laughs> <Don't> stressful. Stress. <laughs> that's very stressful. But just listening to the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We so appreciated spending this time with you. If you enjoyed it, then be sure and subscribe so that you can catch all of the wonderful holiday episodes that we have in store for you. And if you feel anybody could use this right now, please share it with them and we'll catch you next time.